Hello, everybody, and welcome to True Time. In honor of it being Valentine's Day today, we thought it would only be fitting to do a Valentine's Day themed case. So this is the Valentine's Day murder. Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy V-Day. What a fun day of love. Love. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what to say after that. (laughs) So we hope you're all having a nice Valentine's Day, whether you're going out. (laughs) Oh, okay. You went straight for it. I mean, if you're single on Valentine's Day, it's the perfect reason to treat yourself. That's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Go out and uh, buy yourself something nice. <laughs> or going out with friends or going out with your loved ones. However you spend it, have fun. Yes. And we're definitely having a lot of fun right now. So much. Oh, yeah. You're thinking about the future right now. <laughs> we're pre-recording. Yeah, so on Valentine's Day, we'll be in Brussels. We're going to Belgium for a fun little weekend getaway. Mm Mm-hmm, a little four-day, more like three, three and a half, three in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) But we're super excited. We haven't really been on a trip, just the two of us, in a while, and we thought Valentine's Day would be a perfect reason. It's our first valentine's day as a married couple wow so we're going all out i wouldn't say all out we're just going out we're going all out we're going to this really awesome airbnb that has a hot tub and it has yeah that came out weird (laughs) hot tub and it has a projector for some good movie nights yeah and then when we go into brussels we're going to be eating such good oh, food. Oh, yeah. We got this awesome, or Avery booked this awesome uh, restaurant. Oh, yeah. For yeah. our romantic dinner. Valentine's night dinner. Yeah, it's really cool. It's like a brasserie, so I'm yeah. super excited. It looks crazy. We'll post pictures, or Avery will post pictures on uh, her social media. So if you want to go follow her personal to see stuff like that, it's at Avery E. Hamill. Yeah, we're super excited. Going to have some Belgian waffles and some Belgian chocolate. Yep. All the good stuff. Yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, super excited. So, Something funny about uh, Germany I just thought of, people talk about it here, um, that to be able to get anything that's not German, like, I don't know, if you want like a Belgian waffle, like a good Belgian waffle or good Belgian chocolate, you have to go to Belgium, like, you don't see like a Belgian waffle stand around or anything like that. Like in the States, you can get your barbecue all around everywhere. You can get like your Kentucky fried chicken everywhere because like there's just chains of stuff everywhere. But here, you want a Belgian waffle, you have to go to Belgium. <laughs> you can't <laughs> get it in Germany. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some places that do like tiny little waffles, but to get the real good stuff, yeah, got to hit up good old Belgium. Yeah, I thought that was sort of funny. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's very select here what type of international cuisine 
Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Indian food. A lot of uh, donor. Yeah, donor. <laughs> That's about which it. Which I think is Turkish or yeah, I think so. Somewhere from that region. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let us know what you guys are doing for V Day. Yeah, I want to know because. We're super excited for our weekend, and I hope you guys are all having an awesome day. And of course, with it being Valentine's Day, we're sticking with a theme, Mm. and this is the Valentine's Day murder. Boom, boom, boom. (laughs) Nice sound effect. (laughs) All right, you ready to get into it? Yeah. Okay. So our case begins on Valentine's Day, February 14th. 2010 at Belton Bridge Park in Georgia. Richard Sheck was Stacy Sheck's fifth husband. Oh my. Yeah, I know. That's a lot. That is a little bit. Nothing on people who have been divorced and married and stuff like that because, you know, things happen. That's up there. That is, a, that is up there. Together they lived what looked like a happy and normal life. Stacy had three sons from her previous marriages, and Richard actually adopted two of them. Richard was a great father to the boys and spent a lot of time with them. He was actually a hot air balloon enthusiast, but he also served as a den leader for the boys' Cub Scout troop. That's cool. I've never really met a hot air balloon enthusiast. Me either. Interesting. Sounds like fun. I've never been in a hot air balloon, so. It's pretty sketchy. Really? Have you been in one? Yeah. Oh. It's pretty sketchy. Not as cool as it looks. (laughs) It's cool, but there's a huge fire above your head and you're in a balloon. Mm. Yeah. They always look so romantic or cool. (laughs) Interesting. So Stacy's family said that Richard was the best husband Stacy had, according to truecrimedaily.com. Stacy worked as a head administrator for Georgia Spine and Neurosurgery Center in DeKalb County, Georgia. She worked hard to provide the best life she could for her sons and sought to provide them with anything they wanted. On the night of Valentine's Day, Richard had decided to cook dinner for Stacy and her grandparents. As most couples do, Richard and Stacy had cards and gifts to exchange. And so Stacy said they should meet up at Belton Bridge Park to exchange them. Richard agreed, feeling like teenagers exchanging Valentines in the car was going to be sweet and allow them some time to be just the two of them. That's fun. Richard headed to the park first. However, Stacy had worked that night and she texted him letting him know that the nurse coming to relieve her from her shift was behind so she was going to be a few minutes late. Now, this park is not some friendly, popular neighborhood hangout spot. Lieutenant Franklin told TrueCrimeDaily.com, quote, It's a very secluded place. There was no pavement. There were no lights. So it's a very eerie place, especially at night, end quote. Why would they decide to meet there? Well, I don't know yet. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's private if you're going to be... Hanging out in the car, you know. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's Valentine's Day. (laughs) A little while later, Stacy arrived to the park, and she made a devastating discovery. Richard was laying on the ground outside his truck. 
He had been shot in the face twice and once in the chest and twice in the abdomen, according to truecrimedaily.com. Oh my gosh. So a total of five times, which is excessive. Yeah. Immediately, Stacy called 911. When the police arrived, they began searching the scene for any types of clues as to why Richard was shot so viciously. Pretty quickly, they were able to rule out a robbery since his nice truck was still parked idling, $40 cash and his phone were left untouched in the cup holder, and his nice watch and wallet were still on him. As their search of the scene continued, they were able to find a vital piece of evidence. As mentioned, the park was not paved, and due to the weather, the ground had become a soft mud. Ooh a type of mud that is perfect for preserving tire tracks. Upon further investigation, the police could see Richard's and Stacy's car tire tracks, but what they found was a third set. The search for that car that matched the tire tracks was going to be a difficult one. However, before the police could even leave the scene, Stacy frantically admitted that she'd been having an affair. Oh. <laughs> When they took her back to the police station for questioning, Stacy opened up about her affair with a man named Juan Reyes. It had been going on for years, and their involvement... Oh. Yeah, I know. It's a long time. Oh, your But it was face. her best boy or her best husband. Yeah, I know. No but wonder why she's it. been married so many times. Person. Yeah, I know. Bad person. Bad person. Mm-hmm. So, their involvement with one another was extremely extensive. Stacy had met Juan at work and actually hired him to be a surgical assistant, even though he had no medical training. What the heck? His previous job was a security guard at a hotel. According to truecrimedaily.com, she paid for most of his expenses, like his truck and phone, and even allowed for him to live for free in one of the homes she owned. How rich is this woman? She's super rich. She's a head administrator for the Georgia Spine and Neurosurgery Clinic. So she's very well off. Dang. Mm-hmm. She also paid for expensive trips, and they had a small apartment they would meet at secretly. <sighs> That's so messed up. Police discovered that Juan was divorced with children, so it made sense that he needed the money, and Stacy clearly provided that and more. The police asked Stacy if she believed Juan could have done this to Richard, and her response was that she didn't want to think that he was the one who could have done this, but she didn't know. With all of this information, police believed they had found a pretty clear motive for Richard's death, so they brought Juan in for questioning. When Juan went into the room for questioning, he was not nervous or shaken at all. The only thing off about him was that he used to have a big beard, but police noted it was shaved off into a goatee. Juan said he did not need a lawyer present for questioning, so the police went in. They straight up asked him if he had anything to do with Richard's murder, and he said that he had nothing to do with it. He admitted to cops that he primarily used Stacy for her money and was actually working on his relationship with his ex-wife. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so all over the place. It is. When asked for his alibi, Juan explained that the evening he took his son to Blockbuster and went home to eat dinner as a family with his ex-wife. 
He even agreed to take a polygraph test, but the results came back inconclusive. In order to confirm his alibi, the police brought in his ex-wife. They first asked her about the relationship between Juan and Stacy. She told police that they were a little too close and that Stacy had celebrated Thanksgivings and Christmases with them, as well as bought her children gifts and would take her daughter to get her hair and nails done. This is so weird. The police took the opportunity and broke the news to her that Juan and Stacy were having an affair. <laughs> she said that she had a feeling since their relationship was primarily controlled by Stacy. Mm. However, when the police asked her to confirm her ex-husband's alibi, she said exactly the same thing, that he had taken their son to Blockbuster, and then they all had dinner together and went to bed. So with this evidence, the police were able to confirm that Juan was not guilty of Richard's murder and he was let go. They didn't, they couldn't like get video surveillance footage from like the... I'm sure they did. Okay. There wasn't any like explicit note about that, but I'm sure they did a little more research than just yeah. asking them. I don't know. We've just heard some stories. I'm like, you just had to take one more step. You could have found out yeah, someone was lying. I'm sure. But. Yeah. I mean, they asked his ex-wife too. Yeah. And she could have thrown him under the bus for anything that he was doing. That's probably why they told her about the affair before mm -hmm. they asked. Yeah, you <laughs> could like, tell there's some <laughs> tactic there. Yeah. So police are now still left with their one piece of evidence, the tire tracks. They began searching everywhere around town that tires were sold. They went to car dealerships, Sam's, and Walmart. Until one day, they were in a local tire shop, and they found exactly what they were looking for, according to Lieutenant Franklin. They discovered that the matching tire was a Goodyear Integrity. It was a lead, but trying to find the car that also had those tires was going to be a whole new challenge. Unexpectedly, though, the police received a tip. An IT technician who worked in the clinic Stacy ran called the police to inform them that he does routine spam and box clearing for all the people who work there. However, when he went to clean out the spam emails on Stacy's computer, he noticed her entire inbox had been completely erased from Friday through Sunday. Sunday was the day the murder had happened. Mm-hmm. He told the police that wasn't normal, but that he actually had backups of all of the emails. And if the police wanted access to them, they were more than welcome. So they got a search warrant and began searching through 4,000 emails. Holy moly. Out of all of them, only two were strange. One email read, Hey Stacy, I have submitted the transfer. The transfer was for $8,902, and it came from a real estate account that the clinic owned, and it was wired to an employee named Lenitra Ross. On the Friday before the murder, there was another transfer to Lenitra Ross for $1,100. Lenitra Ross worked as a medical assistant at the clinic. With this, they discovered that Lenitra was renting her home from Stacy. With that money coming out to about $10,000, the police began to believe this may have been a murder for hire. That's what I was thinking. Really? Yeah, I was honestly thinking that. Look at you, little detective. <laughs> <laughs> 
So with all that knowledge, the police decided to question Lenitra. She admitted to all of the money being transferred to her, but that the reason was it was all for house repairs and a water line repair. She claimed to even have the receipts to back it up. With the police still working where to go next with that information, another shocking tip came in. This time, it was from Stacy's cousin named Connie Hearn. She told the police that those tires were on her grandparents' Chevy Impala. Stacy was responsible for selling the Impala and was supposed to use the money made towards her grandparents' medical expenses. It was parked in her driveway until a few weeks before the murder when it disappeared, but there was no money. Stacy claimed she got $14,000 for it from the sale, but her grandparents never saw any of that. Even worse, the police found the Chevy Impala parked by Lenitra Ross's home. With this discovery, the final step was to figure out who had been driving the car that night Richard was shot. Evidence showed that the way the tire tracks were layered, the Impala had gotten to the park first. Lieutenant Franklin told TrueCrimeDaily.com that he decided to use the cell phone tower closest to the park and do a tower dump. That meant that he looked through all of the phone records from around the time of the murder. He said, quote, When you make a phone call, your number, the number you dialed, the date and the time and the duration of the call are captured at the tower, and that information is saved at the tower, end quote. He said there was one call made from Belton Bridge Park at around 8.40 p.m. The number that made the call matched a phone number in Stacy's contact list. The contact name was Reggie. However, he was also known as Mr. Results. What the heck? Reggie, at 8.40, called another familiar number. It was Lenitra Ross's phone number. Reginald Coleman was a personal trainer and a former semi-professional boxer who held boot camp sessions for the clinic Stacy and Lenitra worked at. So, the personal trainer is where the Mr. Results comes from. <laughs> and I guess a little extra. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the police also found that three minutes after the phone call was made, Lenitra sent a text to Stacy that read, quote, Forgot to tell you, I'm coming in late tomorrow. By the way, happy Valentine's Day. End quote. The code Happy Valentine's Day was to signal that the job was done and Stacy could head to the park to find Richard shot to death. Oh my gosh. All of the pieces began to come together. Reggie received the $10,000 for the job. Lenitra was going to live rent-free in the home from Stacy, and Stacy was going to be free of Richard. Why couldn't she just get another divorce? I don't know. She's done it like five or four other times before him. Well, there's more explanation coming. You're okay. just jumping ahead. Sorry. <laughs> that's just, that's just, yeah. Okay. We're getting there. With all of these discoveries and evidence, police began what they called Operation Tangled Web. Lieutenant Franklin said to TrueCrimeDaily.com, quote, It took a lot of planning. We served seven search warrants in four different counties, three arrest warrants, 
all in one day, end quote. Finally, three months after the murder, the police were ready to arrest all three of them the same day. It took a lot of coordination since they feared they would tip each other off, but the first to be arrested was Reggie at his gym, second was Lenitra at a traffic stop, and third was Stacy. Stacy was at work, and someone actually told her that the police were outside and to run. She ran through the hospital and locked herself into a room that required a specific key card access, and the police found her, and she eventually surrendered. <laughs> Not really sure where she thought that was going to go. Yeah, that's uh, so smart. Mm-hmm. Everyone's biggest question was why and how all of this transpired. A few months prior to Richard's murder, one of their sons had made a comment to Stacy saying, quote, you don't know what he does when you aren't here, end quote. And she recalled her children acting out and one had even shoplifted. To her, these reminded her of signs she once had when she was younger. When Stacy was a child, she had been molested. This led her to conclude that Richard was molesting at least one of her children. Oh my. According to Murderpedia.com, Stacy said, quote, I was just so fixated in my mind that Richard was doing something wrong that I said, I don't want the cops. I don't want a divorce. I want him dead. In December of 2009, she decided to begin taking action to have Richard killed. Over a meal at a Mexican restaurant, Stacy confided in Lenitra her plans and what she wanted. Lenitra offered her a solution. Lenitra's on-and-off-again boyfriend and the father of her child was Reggie, a.k.a. Mr. Results. And so the plan was in motion. They met to discuss payments and plans. Stacy also threw in the Impala to Reggie to ensure the job would get done along with the ten grand. A week before the murder, they all went to the park to scout it out, and Reggie claimed it would be a perfect spot and that he should even use it more often. What the? For his other jobs. Yeah. It's awful. However, all of the plans they made didn't go as discussed. Stacy wanted Reggie to make the scene look like a robbery after he shot Richard. She also told investigators, quote, It was supposed to be one shot to the head. I said, I don't want him to suffer. I don't want him to see anything, end quote, according to truecrimedaily.com. However, the police determined the shooting to be an overkill since it was five shots. The most heartbreaking part was the actual truth behind what Stacy created to be her motive. Her sons testified and told their mother that Richard had never laid a finger on them. In footage, during one of her questionings after her arrest while talking about her son, she said, quote, He said, no. He said, I'm sorry I exaggerated. And he said, I'm sorry that I said those things. I blew those things out of proportion, Mom. End quote. The police found out that all the son meant was that Richard had stricter rules and expectations for the boys, so when Stacy wasn't home, he kept them accountable. So that whole false claim was what played a factor in Richard's death. Oh, my. A majority of investigators and lawyers don't believe that was Stacy's sole purpose. Yeah. With the way she lived her life, they all believe Stacy wanted control of everyone and everything. 
Another claim was that Stacy felt if she tried to get a divorce from Richard, she would lose custody of her children since she was having an affair and spent tons of money elsewhere. Mm. So all three of them had separate trials. The first to be found guilty and sentenced to life in prison without parole was Lenitra Ross in August of 2012. Oh, dang. Mm-hmm. She claimed to not be guilty and never showed any remorse for the crime. She played a huge role in and never attempted to stop it. The fact that she went to the park to scout it out was a major incriminating factor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're the one that uh, linked up. Yeah. So she was a huge the part. murderer, yeah. To the- mm-hmm. <sighs> Reggie Coleman pleaded guilty to avoid the death penalty and was sentenced to life in prison without parole in November of 2012. Lastly, in December, Stacy Sheck pleaded guilty and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. So they all got life. Without parole. Dang. Mm-hmm. She was able to avoid the death penalty since she testified against Lenitra Ross and admitted to her extensive involvement. I'm sorry, but what state was this again? Georgia. Oh, okay. Okay. Stacy took full responsibility for what she had done and stated, quote, I don't consider life in prison a deal, a bargain, end quote, according to murderpedia.com. Her sentencing was extremely emotional with multiple friends, family, and coworkers of Richard testifying and giving victim impact statements about how he was a truly good man that cared about everyone and never deserved this. Since being in prison, Stacy's family says she has found God and is studying to become an ordained minister, according to truecrimedaily.com. That is the story of the Valentine's Day murder. That was crazy. I know. It was just like one thing after the other. Yeah, that was intense. Like, Mm -hmm. I thought at first it might be sort of simple. Like, it was going to be the guy she was having the affair with. Yeah, that would have been the obvious choice. Yeah. And then... I like since you started talking about all the money she had and like how many divorces she had, then I started thinking maybe she paid someone because, yeah, I just didn't think she was that crazy though. Yeah, she is that crazy. Yeah, that's that's just insane. It's just so sad. Like someone so kind and like cared about her children so much. Yeah, you literally adopted them. Mm-hmm. That's like a hard process to go through. That's not just. Something you do on a weekend. No, no. You have to be actually dedicated to want to adopt someone else's children. Yeah. And how he was so involved in all their lives and genuinely loved Stacy. And yeah, and wasn't he like the Cub Scout yeah, master Den or leader, something? Yeah. yeah. So that's a lot of other kids too that like knew him really well that mm-hmm. he like helped in life and yeah. stuff like that. And lots of families that knew him. Yeah. It's just so sad. That's really sad. Over just simply thinking you're going to go like exchange Valentine's too. It's even worse. Yeah. Makes me really sad. I wonder if he knew about the affair affair and everything. Yeah, I don't know. I never read anything that said he might have known or anything like that, but... She's dropping all this money. I don't know 
what he thought about that. Yeah. But definitely not a happy Valentine's Day story. No. So we thought to make your Valentine's Day happy again after that really heartbreaking story. We would ask a Valentine's Day themed question. Kind of. But it would be, what is your dream vacation? Mm. Which could be romantic or not. However you want to see it. <laughs> hmm. I, I didn't know we were doing that question. So I uh, don't really have a question or an answer off the top of my head. Um, Putting Dylan on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> There's two, but so one is like the one that we talked about for like a honeymoon. Yeah. Like Fiji or somewhere like that where you have the bungalow or mm-hmm. uh, on the water and they just serve you like you're a king. Yeah. And you just chill there. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other is to go to Japan. Oh, yeah. And do like snowboarding like out in the mountains and then come into Tokyo and have like a great time there just eating and learning the culture and walking around and yeah. 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 I know I've known a lot of people that have gone to Japan say it's amazing. So I just feel like there's so much to do there. (laughs) (laughs) The food would be so good. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm so hungry right now. So yeah, thinking <laughs> about sushi, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> oh, well, I get some sushi. <laughs> Dylan and I have a favorite sushi restaurant not far from our house, mm-hmm. and we hit them up. It's a blessing. Almost weekly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. So what about you? Yeah, mine is pretty much, like you said, our honeymoon trip that we're hoping to plan. It's to be somewhere tropical, mm-hmm. whether it's Fiji or like, I think Jamaica has some. I know the Maldives have them. One of those over the water bungalows that has its own like private pool or hot tub and like the hammock that lays over the ocean. And then you can like walk in and out of the water. Just yeah. like, I just don't want to leave that hut for like, a week straight it would be so awesome and it's all inclusive so you get like a butler's pantry so it's fully stocked of all the food and Mm -hmm. drinks you could possibly imagine i would get a massage every day oh yeah with that view like your whole and like they have like the glass floors and stuff so you can see the ocean oh i want to i need like a tropical vacation like that so that would be my dream yeah that would be awesome any uh, travel agencies out there want to sponsor that for <laughs> us? <laughs> yeah, we are trying to go on a honeymoon. So yes. <laughs> you hook us up, uh, you'll get talked about a lot yes. in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I hope you all maybe have a nice romantic Valentine's Day planned, yeah. maybe a trip planned. If not, maybe this will inspire you to go on that dream vacation because why not? Yeah. Yeah, I think people get too caught up in day-to-day life. Sometimes you just got to work hard when you have to work hard, but then step back and 
have that time to relax, decompress. And then whenever you do get those moments in life, it makes you sort of look at your, uh, your point of view a little differently. So you can step back and go into life in a better, with a better perspective and work even harder towards what you want. Yeah. I like that message. Thank you, Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a good message to leave everybody with, but with it being, like I said, the day of love, we love all of you guys so much. Thank you so much for consistently downloading and listening. And if you don't mind, please leave us reviews, ratings, share it with your family and your friends. And we would be so forever grateful. Mm-hmm. We are grateful for you guys. And I hope you all have a wonderful Valentine's Day. And if you want to see all the uh, pictures and stuff oh, for yes. the case, mm-hmm. all the pictures are uploaded by Avery for the cases. So you can see photos, uh, get all the, uh, what's it called, the news. Uh, the case sources. The case sources. Sorry, I couldn't think of the word. No, you're good. Look at all the case sources she uses. Uh, that will be at True Time Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. So, and then the personal side is at Avery E. Hamill on Instagram and TikTok. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, everybody, go enjoy lots of chocolate, and we will be back next Monday with another case. All righty. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone.